let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another Friday evening where we have the opportunity to reflect deeper into Scripture for Sunday. What, maybe seven to ten minutes is what you'll get in a homily. Uh, maybe if a priest is feeling good about what he's saying, he goes for a few more minutes. Uh, we go for 27 minutes to really get a little bit uh, deeper into uh, the gospel text. And uh, if you've been a faithful listener, you know that um, at this pace, every other week I have Debbie Rosales joining me. So Debbie, it is good to have you with me another Friday evening. Thank you, Joe. This Friday, this fifth Sunday of Easter, Debbie, we have uh, some important words to reflect upon as it relates to uh, what Jesus says, and really the, the larger picture of what it's all about. And I'm really excited to engage in this text. So if you can get us going with this, this great passage from the Gospel of John. And I'll be reading John 14, 1 through 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, I would not have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do not do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. Amen. So, Debbie, let us just start with that first verse. Let not your hearts be troubled. Um, now, it's just the two of us in this radio uh, studio, <laughs> but I, I think we can, we can put the question out there to all of our listeners. 
how many of our hearts are troubled right now. Yes. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. We're raising our hand right now. <laughs> there's a lot going on in our lives. Yes. And we allow all of that stuff that's going on in our lives to overwhelm us. And, you know, so often we hear the words from Jesus, peace be with you. Um, we have something similar here. Let not your hearts be troubled. A very gentle uh, command. Mm-hmm. Let not your hearts be troubled. A, a command seen in light, really, of the two great commandments. You know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love neighbors yourself. Those, those two uh, commandments, um, when, when you do those right, then we will not abide in this, in this despair, this discouragement, this anxiety that tends to, to overwhelm us. You know, we have the great words that come to us from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, where he talks about repeatedly uh, this need not to worry, mm-hmm. do not be anxious. You know, is not the day's worries uh, sufficient for the day? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting there, Deb, when you look at those verses, and in particular that word, uh, anxiety mm-hmm. and worry, the Greek rendering of that is uh, to be preoccupied. You know, do not be preoccupied. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I bring that up because I think it really gets underneath what's going on here in this opening verse with our Lord saying, let not your hearts be troubled. Our hearts are troubled. We are overwhelmed when we are what? Preoccupied. We mm-hmm. get anxious. We worry when we want to control things that we cannot control. Sure. You know, and again, this is human nature. But what Christ came to reveal is that to be fundamentally human is to reach for the divine. You know, yeah. he essentially teaches us what it means to be fully human, and that is to participate in God's divine nature, because we are just not body, but we're body and soul. And so it's so important to begin to, to get underneath this, uh, which then really brings us to the all-important question, well, how do you do that? We must simplify this, Deb, and it is relationship. Right. It is with God. And this is what he's talking about in these verses. It's all about seeing the face of God. I mean, all of our possibilities without God become limitations. All of our strengths without God become weaknesses. Um, all of our security, uh, securities and comforts without God become burdens and endangerments. Ah, but our weaknesses with God, what? Become strengths. You know, our limitations with God become what? Possibilities. You know, all those things that we, we think we're getting wrong with God, suddenly he opens the door to show us how, wow, he's been there the whole time. You know, St. John Paul II, and I really like saying that, St. <laughs> John Paul II, he loved to say that the first step to conversion is not what you may think it is. It's acceptance. Acceptance of everything that God puts before you. And you may think that, well, no, this doesn't make sense. No, well, that's actually when, when God is really working in your life, you know, often. Mm-hmm. Because we, as we've talked about in the past, Debbie, God is paradoxical. The whole Christian faith is paradoxical, contrary to expectation. So what we have in this opening verse really is a call to let it go and give it to God. And how does he wrap up these series of verses. I mean, what did you just uh, read for us, Deb? If you ask anything in my name, 
I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And how important is that? It's everything. What I also love about this opening line here, Joe, God always gives us what we need beforehand. Because let's mm. look at where this is placed. Yes. It's in the Last Supper discourse. Bad stuff is about ready to happen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some really painful things. Yeah. They're going to see some really painful stuff. And, and if you just imagine the, the passion of the Christ, we, it, we can have that vision inside. Don't let your hearts be troubled. He's telling them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I know he does that in our lives. He doesn't ever set us forth into something mm -hmm. without giving us the grace first. And yeah. I think that's what I love about this passage. A lot of things. But that he gives that comfort, that assurance. And I know in my own life, he's constantly saying, Debbie, be still. And know that I am God. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. with your head, but with the relationship we have. Mm -hmm. Let me be God, you be my child. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's what he's, he's doing here. Just remember the late relationship we have, mm -hmm. the love we share. Mm -hmm. And don't let your hearts be troubled. And what does he say? Believe in me. Yeah. He, he says, believe in me, and out from that faith, uh, yeah, I, I'll do anything. I mean, how can we not think of the Roman centurion? I mean, what, what, that, what does that discourse look like? Mm -hmm. He goes to Jesus, and I, I can only imagine if, if you were there during that exchange where he asks for mm -hmm. the healing of his servant. Well, here, here we go again. He's going to go to another house, and he's going to heal somebody. He says, no. All I know is that if you give the command because of the power behind that command, it will happen. And what does our Lord say? Well, have I ever seen such great mm. faith? Yes. Have I ever seen such great faith? The Roman centurion of all people. people. Man, what, what were we just talking about? Least expected, right? Right. Here, the God of history wants us to pay close attention that the least expected person is teaching us, Deb, something about our faith. By what authority does a Roman centurion have to teach us about our faith? Well, pay close attention. A lot. And how important is that? The power of his name. As we're talking about this, Deb, the power of his name to put Jesus on our lips Mm -hmm. You know, as I was praying about this, I couldn't help but think about the importance of that. Yes. Uh, as we talk about faith as it relates to relationship. And it's to always remember, Debbie, that the word faith, for our, li for our listening audience, for clarification, the word faith in the Hebrew is emunah. Okay? It is uh, faithfulness, right? So you never really see faith in the Old Testament as much as you see faithfulness. This is what Paul translates in Romans 1.5 and 16.26 when he talks about the obedience of faith. Really, the best translation is the, the obedience that springs from faith or the obedience that is faith. Um, what's going on there? Well, what does the word obedience mean? Obadire, to listen. The word prayer, Latin precare, to ask. When you go to God, when you're asking God for things, what do you need to do? You need to listen. You know, so faith is caught up in this language of prayer. Uh, 
And as we talk about the listen-response dynamic of it, it's therefore caught up uh, within the principle of relationship itself. So when our Lord says, uh, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in me, believe in my name, uh, what he's calling us into is a deeper abiding relationship. And certainly this is a great theme, mm-hmm. even to the Gospel of John, this call to abide in Christ. Uh, so that's all very important. And I, I footnote that there, Deb, because the name of Jesus is a powerful prayer. Powerful. A powerful prayer. Yes. I mean, we have the prayers that our Lord uh, gave us, certainly our Father mm-hmm. who art in heaven, those formal prayers but how about the name of Jesus? You know, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, her favorite prayer is to put the name of Jesus on her lips. Yep. St. John Vianney did the same thing. Uh, how important is that throughout our day to overcome the despair, the discouragement, um, our hearts being troubled? Mm-hmm. It is widely important. And these are practical points that need to be made because otherwise we can get ahead of ourselves. You know, right. other, otherwise, we can look at this and say, well, uh, yeah, that's just some generic point. No, it's, it's widely important. When you think that every knee shall bend yeah. when that name is proclaimed. Yes. Name of God. Yeah. As my, fa- my um, atheistic father was coming to Christ mm. in a very powerful way through Fulton Sheen on TV, as mm. many did. He picked up a little track on the name of Jesus. Mm. And he gave us the most beautiful teaching as children. And he started on the back of every business card. He had in bold letters, Jesus, on every business card. Above every door in our house, we had the name of Jesus just printed on a card. This man, at this time had come to Christ, he understood and, and made that aware to us that this was a, a name of protection, was a name of power. He said, if you don't know what to say, if you don't know how to pray, just say the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. It has a way of just penetrating everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, really taking over all of those anxieties and, mm-hmm. and, and despair. It's so simple. Yep. It's such yep. a simple practice. to get into, you know, just the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. I also really noticed, this is really a a Trinitarian teaching. Mm -hmm. The Father is in me. I love the language. Father is in me. I am in him. And then, we didn't read the next couple of lines, but then we're going to send the advocate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so beautifully Trinitarian. Yeah. and I just love how Jesus brings that into to all of this. If you already believe in my Father, believe in me. Yeah. And the works are the proof. Yeah. Beautiful. And as you're talking about that, there's there's something that strikes me, Deb. You know, with Philip, so John is the author of this gospel. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this last month where John is a theologian and he wishes to develop thematically uh, both all the apostles and and teachings of Jesus Christ. I mean, he's he's developing something here. Well, you, we saw that with Thomas last month, and we see it with Philip. The first time we see Philip and, and the calling of Philip, uh, there's something interesting that happens, and I want to go to this, read a few verses here, 
John 1. Uh, I think it's, if you, were to, if you have your Bibles out there, if you to go to verses uh, 43. I'll go to verse 43. I'll read this, talk about it, and then put it back into the context of um, the reading that you read there, Deb. Mm-hmm. So verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? (laughs) Which is interesting. We'll talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) Philip said to him, Come and see. Okay, so Philip has this encounter with Jesus Christ, and then he goes out and he starts to talk about this encounter. He's talking to uh, his buddy Nathaniel here, and his response is, well, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's interesting, Deb, that verse, you know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, Nazareth was synonymous with contempt, huh? I mean, the road of the sophisticated, uh, the merchants of Greece, the legions of Rome, uh, they were far removed from that road. That They were off into the cup of hills at the base of a mountain in the city of Galilee. And it's interesting, you talk about Nazareth and the city of Galilee. Is this not what gives Peter away? That he was hanging out with the Galilean when he denied Jesus, right? Because what was crude and rude was tied to Galilee and the city of Nazareth. If Bethlehem was off the beaten path, nothing good comes from Nazareth. It's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know where you were listening to this program, but if there's a neighboring city or town that has contempt, just (laughs) try try to put it into a contemporary context. Um, So he's telling Nathaniel about Jesus and he says, come and see. So it's not enough to just talk about Jesus. It's about inviting those you were talking about into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, into the encounter, mm-hmm. right? Then you will come to understand. And certainly, again, thematically important for John because he wants us to see the importance of that friendship with Jesus Christ. Right. Now, for all that said, why is that important to today's verse, Deb? Mm-hmm. Well, he should have understood it, but yeah. he didn't. It, there was that gentle rebuke. Philip, do you not understand? <laughs> do you not understand? You've been with me yes, all this time. Yes. I think it points to, to a much, much deeper truth. We can be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, Debbie, and it can appear to be something that is noble and good. But if we are not contemplating face-to-face, Jesus, if we are not going deeper into you said it. This is very Trinitarian, the very Trinitarian life of God. Mm-hmm. If we are not immersing ourselves into that, into that perfect eternal exchange of love, then we won't understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, within Catholic circles, we have adoration. You know, what does the word adoration mean? You break that down in its Latin, it means face to face. You know, that adore, face to face, this profound intimacy. You know, it's like when God is creating man, you know, there in in Genesis, very physical, tangible word. You know, God is 
is breathing life into man. It's God is like a muzzle onto man, you know, as he's breathing life into man. Uh, this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of intimacy that that our Lord desires. And so, yeah, we can come and see, we can have this relationship, we can have this friendship, and it is good. But what does Jesus say? <sighs> Philip, come on now. <laughs> you know? I love it. Do you not understand? And really... I think he challenges all of us, if I can push a little bit, he challenges all of us to say, come on now, Joe, come on now, Debbie, you Mm -hmm. know better. Mm -hmm. You know better. Go deeper. Uh, What I was going to say, isn't isn't it St. John Paul II that was constantly saying, put out into the deep? If, If we are going to abide in Christ, and if we're going to be resolved in that peace of Christ then we must embrace this call to go deeper into the heart of Christ. The great mystery that is the heart of Christ, the great mystery that is revealed on the cross. We must go to the foot of the cross uh, because as you've already noted, you know, these words, let not your hearts be troubled, have, have um, a very powerful context, Debbie. Yeah. A context that, yeah, you can well imagine, you know, why he would say that. Uh, we need to be able to confront the storm. We need to be able to look into the eye of the storm. And we can only do so if we are going deeper in our faith and living in uh, the peace of Jesus Christ. Because that's where it's at. Yes. You know, that's where abiding. it's at. Yeah. Abide, abide in me. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that image. And it's... It's always so humbling that the God of the universe desires this kind of intimacy. I, to me, it just is so beautiful. It's yeah. like, wow, this little speck on the planet, not yeah. even a speck on the planet, yeah. but I'm important to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wants to fill me with his divine life. Mm-hmm. He wants to fill me with his grace. He wants me to ask so that he can answer my prayer. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, that's just so beautiful and so rich. And unless we're digging deep, we don't even know what to ask for, mm-hmm. truly. Yep. We yep. really don't, you know? He, he, he says, dig deep. Mm-hmm. Ask, for, ask for those virtues. Ask for yes. my divine life. Ask yeah. for it, and I'll give it to you. Yeah, and that's, that's what's so life-giving. Off the top, we were talking about securities, comforts, possibilities, all these things, if we reduce our potential to what the world is saying you can be, mm. it's, it will always remain on the surface. It will right. always remain on the surface. Right. And so we need to allow God in to touch each and every aspect of our life, each and every relationship in our life. And isn't it fitting, John fourteen six, the, the great verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life, a, a verse that really speaks to this absolute call to holiness, this imperative sense of you must. I was reflecting upon this, you know, and I never thought it thought of this verse in this way, Deb, but, you know, sequence is always important, you know, way, truth, and life. Mm-hmm. But I thought of it in a different way this time. I thought of it more in... You have way and you have life. And truth is the connective tissue, if you will, between the way and the life. That if we're going to really ever understand who we are in our life, 
and the way that we are supposed to follow, then we, yeah, we need to go deeper into the truth of Jesus Christ. Earlier, I talked about the world, the surface, right? What does Satan mean? He's the father of all lies. What is he going to do? Uh, he lives to plagiarize truth. And the best way he does that is to keep things on the surface, to keep things on the surface, to not uh, ask questions, to not think critically. Mm -hmm. What God says is, I am absolute truth. Go deeper and you will discover not only the beauty of that truth, but how it forms and informs the way, that, the way in which I've called you to live your life. And so truth opens the doors. And we, we need to um, appreciate this for what it is. It's interesting. I've been reading the Acts of the Apostles, and you see throughout the Acts of the Apostles the way, the way capitalized. Right. And it, it was, uh, the way was um, a code for the early Christians. Right. And why did they take that up? Well, in you know, Isaiah's messianic vision, uh, especially in Isaiah chapter 40, he talks about the way of God from, from sin to salvation, this new exodus, this new promised land. So they really stake claim to that messianic vision, and they embraced it. And it was always for the early Christians caught up in the way, the truth, and the life. So John 14, 6, the verse we read today that you read for us today, Debbie, was always caught up with Isaiah 43. So this is why in the book of Acts, um, on a number of occasions, you see the way capitalized. Um, so they weren't necessarily um, calling themselves Christians, but followers of the way. The way, yeah. right. And I, what I love, I, when I was reading a little bit from a couple of sources, a couple of folks put it this way, and I, I really liked it. If you have a friend who's come in town, and they don't know your city, and they say, well, I don't know the way, like Thomas said. Mm -hmm. I don't know the way. Yeah. And you, what do you say? Follow me. Mm-hmm. Follow me. So yeah. what Jesus is saying is, don't worry. Just follow me. Abide in me. Keep yeah. your eyes on me, mm -hmm. and I'll show you the way. And, mm -hmm. and you don't have, because there's all that insecurity when you don't know where you're going, mm -hmm. especially if you're, it's at night. Mm -hmm. It's I always, dark. I always hate it when I don't know where I'm going at night. Yeah. yeah. There's just something extra foreboding about that. Well, they're at night here. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. evening and yeah. for, the, for the apostles. And there's that extra following the light of Christ, you know, as yeah. the way. And he's like, take hold my hand. I've got gotcha. you. Yeah. You know, so comforting. And it's, and it's we abide. And the, the Greek there, menain, is, is also to remain. So you mm -hmm. abide to remain. Don't, don't go off the beaten path here, you know, because you will get lost. Remain with me. Remain. Stay steadfast. Uh, persevere, you know, James 1, 4, you know, patience perfects all things. Perseverance perfects all things. Remain with me. Well, Deb, that's a wrap. Our time is up. Great program. Thank you for joining me uh, this evening. I look forward to the next opportunity we have to reflect upon uh, our Lord's uh, goodness and His grace in, in uh, the, the Gospel of John. Let us close in prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, never shall be, world without end. Amen and God bless you. You've been listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. If you have questions or feedback, you may email Joe at jholljmj at yahoo.com. For a copy of today's program, visit joeholcraft.org or call KKXX during regular business hours at 894-7325. Thanks for listening to the Seeds of Truth on KKXX.